Hello and welcome to Alien Places, the show that shows you don't have to think like a human. I'm Atul Kumar. Hello, and uh, I'm an alien. Uh, alien from a human perspective, obviously. Uh, from my perspective, I'm normal, and uh, Atul, you're the alien. Hmm. Well, when it comes to preventing and solving problems, maybe it's best to think not like a human, but like an alien from a planet that is managed sustainably. Thinking from that alien perspective helps us humans to visualise the world we want to move towards. And so it's useful to hear directly from someone who lives in that world. Each episode we ask our guests which three places they would show my alien friend here to give it a sense of the key issues facing human society. It's the only podcast we know of that's co-hosted by someone from another quadrant of the multiverse. So, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, very well, thank you, Rato. Are you really very well, though, Alien? Or are you just saying that to try to fit in with humans? Would you like to try that again? Oh, uh, yes, uh, okay. Uh, terrified for humanity, thank you, Rato. That's better. Now, Alien, would you like to introduce our guest for today's episode? Oh, oh, can I? Oh, oh, yes, please, Atoll. Oh, oh, thank you, Atoll. Yep, just read from the notes there, please, Alien. Oh, oh, all right. Oh, oh, oh. Ronnie LeDrew has been a puppeteer for over 50 years. He is probably best known as Zippy on the children's television programme Rainbow. He has also puppeteered on shows such as City and Sweep and adverts such as Operating Brains from Thunderbirds and on feature films such as Labyrinth, Little Shop of Horrors, and Muppet's Christmas Carol. Uh, Atoll, why have you invited one of the world's most accomplished puppeteers onto our podcast? I mean, if I didn't know you better, Atoll, I'd take that to mean you seem to think I'm a puppet? Oh, no, no, um, Aileen, uh, don't worry, I know you're not a puppet, uh, you're... You're very real. Um, now, if you wouldn't mind finishing Ronnie's introduction, please, Alien? Hmm. Anyway, uh, finally, uh, Ronnie's career has included many more theatre, TV and film puppetry roles and now includes teaching and supporting new generations of puppeteers. He also still does appearances as Zippy sometimes, such as on The Jonathan Ross Show. Uh, how was that, asshole? That was a very good introduction, thank you, Alien. And welcome, Ronnie LeDrew, to Alien Places. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Hello. It's like your first experience of being introduced by an alien from another corner of the cosmos. It really is, yes. And I thought he did quite a good job, actually. Yeah, I know he's fine. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, did he get all the details right um, about your background? Actually, not bad at all. Yes, he did, indeed. Uh, the alien does do does do a lot of research. Uh, yes, I do, Atom. I, I take these podcasts uh, very seriously, you know. Uh, th thank you, uh, Alien. Um, well, um, it's, a, it's a great honour to uh, meet the man behind Zippy from Rainbow. Uh, so can you tell us a bit more about your time on Rainbow? Were you um, always uh, both operating the movements and doing the voice of Zippy? Actually, when I first started, um, believe it or not, both George, who was the other character on the Rainbow, the puppet character, and Zippy were voiced by an actor called Roy Skelton. Um, I think possibly the producers at the time, this, we're going back to the sort of early 70s, um, they probably thought, well, probably puppeteers can't 
do voices. They're not trained actors. So um, they probably thought we'd better get an actor in to, you know, could be do it properly. And then they can concentrate on just sort of working the puppet. And in fact, that's much harder just to do lip sync to somebody else's voice. But um, I realised that was going to happen because the very first puppeteer on Rainbow was a lady called Violet Philpot. And she, she obviously, you know, had a lady's voice. And so the Zippy was a very, very sort of um, masculine. So um, they, Roy was doing the both voices. But um, um, I, I used to it because I suppose I luckily started my career in a puppet theatre where we had all sorts of puppets. And in fact, we did marionette shows there. Um, this is the Little Angel Theatre. And um, basically they were pre-recorded the voices there for the marionettes because we were right up on a bridge. The strings were six foot long. And um, so the puppets were down on the stage and the bridge was over the stage. So the audience, all they saw was the scene. We obviously moved the puppets in sync to the voice that was recorded. So I was sort of, luckily, you know, I was used to doing that. So it didn't, it wasn't too much of a, um, a learning curve for me to do the, the sort of Muppet type lip sync movement. Rainbow, you know, has been, you know, wonderful for me because um, I started with a six week contract um, thinking, oh, well, that would be nice. I can tick that off as one of the things I'd like to have, you know, I've done as a sort of career move. Um, and of course, um, after that series, they said, oh, you, we're all, would you like to come back? We'll, um, you know, we've, we've got another series. And, and basically, um, well, I did it for 20 years, so yeah, <laughs> it just went yeah. on and on and on. I mean, in various forms, it changed a little bit. And how much of that time were you performing Zippy's voice? Um, I didn't do that until the 90s, actually, because sadly, Roy Skelton died. Um, he'd not been well for the last series of the Thames series. And then when um, he, he died, they, they, in fact, this was just before, for, this was about 1992, I'm so bad on the years. But anyway, Thames Television lost its franchise with you know, the, the television companies. And so um, basically, um, Rainbow finished and um, another company took over the independent London independent work. So Rainbow sort of stopped. Um, and then, um, and of course I got called by the puppet maker who made lots of zippy puppets for the series at Thames and said, saying, oh, Ronnie, did you know they're remaking Rainbow and um, you should, ought to go along to an audition. So I was really pleased that he told me about that. Anyway, I went along and it was a bit weird, actually. I went along with Zippy and George Puppet, which was quite, quite funny, and sat there and they called me in and they said, well, you do realise you're going to have to do the voice. Well, of course, for me, I'd listened to Roy for 20 years, or not quite 20 years, but... <laughs> 15 years, say. And um, so I saw, oh, I could do my sort of zippy type voice. And, uh, uh, and so they were quite happy. And of course, when there were other puppeteers for the audition, bless them. And of course, they saw me with this bag and I looked and they could see there was a zippy there. They didn't have a zippy. I mean, I was lucky to have a zippy at home, one of the, you know, the old ones. Anyway, the long story short, I took over. You've got Zippy now. Uh, would you like to uh, bring Zippy out and um, have, a, have a little chat with the alien? Indeed. Uh, so, uh, Z Zippy, uh, how old are you now, Zippy? Oh, I'm five and a half. I don't age, you see, not like humans. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, do you know how old I am? No. Uh, You're probably, uh, you don't have any age lines on, you know. I can't see. I don't either, actually. So you're probably a bit older than me. So, uh, ten? 
a little bit. I'm uh, one billion. Cool, yeah. well, you're very good looking for one billion years. Oh, oh, oh thank oh, you. Dear. I've, I've answered anyway. one. It must be all that moisturizer I'm using. Uh, do you like Marmite? Because Atoll here tells me you were in a Marmite commercial and you didn't like it. And I have to say, I agree. <laughs> oh, thank you. I hate Marmite. You either love it or hate it. And on the Marmite commercial, I hated it. And do you know what? The puppeteer who's behind me, he hates it as well. It's quite funny. So it was quite fun that we did that advert. It was only a short one, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I hate it. I hate it as well, but uh, but Atoll here, he he likes Marmite, don't you, Atoll? Yes, I, I do, Alien, but I know you don't like it. Yeah, I right. don't like it. So I think we can be friends about not liking Marmite, Zippy. Oh, great. That's wonderful. I like that. <laughs> Where's your friend Bungle? Bungle is, uh, well, he's having a rest at the moment. You see, we're under locking at the moment. Do you know what locking is, Alien? Oh, is it like you lockdown where you can't, you've got a virus and you can't leave the house? That's right, yeah. Yeah, mm. we've got a virus here in this country and uh, we're, we're all under, well, we've got to be locked down or whatever they call it, locking. And you know what? Bungle is having a rest downstairs. He, he doesn't do public appearances very much now. I do because I like the public. Oh, you're, you're very good, uh, Zeppi. Now, I've got one final question for you, uh, Zeppi. Okay. What do you think about climate change? Because uh, the other humans I've spoken to uh, don't seem to take it very seriously. Uh, what do you think, Zippy? Oh, I do. I mean, I look after climate change. I mean, I, I do. I, I quite like listening to birdsong. You'd believe it or not. I, I don't chase them. I look after animals. I, I like clean air. I, I don't smoke. And I don't really like cars because they keep, uh, well, all their exhaust fumes, they get on my nose. I have got one, it's hidden, you see, that's the thing. Oh, well, that's very good to hear that you're very uh, eco-friendly, uh, Zippy, and you, uh, you seem oh, to yeah. understand it uh, better than most humans, actually. Oh, thank you, that's good. <laughs> right, uh, well, back back to Atoll and our one who drew. All right, I'll go away as well. See you later. See you later, bye! bye. Well, that was great, Ronnie. Thanks for uh, letting the alien have a chat with Zippy there. That was brilliant. A pleasure. Yeah, and that, that brings me on to kind of um, another question I've got for you, which is uh, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts about the use of puppets in education in general, uh, both for adults mm. and for children. Um, yeah. But also uh, the use of puppets for sort of promoting good causes or important causes like climate change, like the environment. What's your, what's your thoughts mm. about that? Well, I started teaching, first of all, um, children. Um, I used to go into schools and do workshops. Not so much on the making of the puppets. Um, I was never a good puppet maker. What was lovely was, that, of course, they're so inventive. And funny enough, we're talking about aliens. A lot of them did make wonderful creatures that could have been aliens, actually. But anyway, um, and, and I would teach them how to operate the puppet, you know, carefully so that, you, for instance, you know, you, you wouldn't, what we call in the profession sometimes, certainly in the film profession, dolly waggling. You wouldn't wiggle them around too much or else the audience couldn't see, see them clearly. So, you know, I tell them to be in character. Think about the character that you've made. And um, you know again you know they would and they'd move it a little bit slowly and also puppets are not very good speakers they they can you know they can speak a few sentences but you know keep speaking you know less rather than looking look at the movement and see how they react they're reactors that's their thing and I'm sure um, you know Atoll you'll you react 
beautifully with your with your alien and and you know again it's the sort of thing of of um letting the alien speak and then you can interrupt him and say well blah 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 and it's the same sort of thing with the kids i mean they would have amazing ideas but um it was a, some of them would be a bit shy about creating a character's voice even though they might have made the puppet they wouldn't know so i'd have to sort of say well look at the puppet you know and and think where how the voice you know a voice is, is it an old figure is it a young figure is it a strange do you think it have a list can you make you know all these sort of things and i throw these ideas in and then then they turn out usually turn up you know a nice sort of puppet um voice for it and then once you've got that you've got them then the movement and we have to make sure that the eyes are looking at the audience properly not sort of all over the place all that sort of there's a lot of technique that you have to go for but i try and make it fun but nowadays we we get a lot of actors who want to put it on their cv you know that um, that we've done a puppet course at little angel and we know a little bit about it which is fine you know that's great now environmental work i've done a little bit in schools where it's usually the schools have told me they're doing something on for instance you know climate change generally or something like that and um they've they've made a story up about you know how difficult it is you know in certain countries that you know the air is difficult to breathe as if you live near a power station or something like that you know there's all this pro and they're really clever i mean they i mean they're not just puppets just talking to each other there's a lot of action so they'll go around and you'll look around and look at these smoke coming out of these chimneys or something which is usually like talcum powder or something like that but anyway it looks amazing and um and then you'll discuss you know why and they, it's it's more a sort of thing that they do a little short sketch and then children will discuss that the issue they brought up with the puppet show if you see what i mean and that's really fantastic um yeah. sadly i haven't done a lot of that work because um you know well certainly this year because everything stopped in march so i haven't been able to continue that but if i get asked that's the sort of thing i i do i haven't done anything with adult um adults with environmental issues but there are puppet groups that have done some wonderful things um for instance there was a a group of puppeteers who, who built a wonderful um I think he was a he was a, a polar bear, wow, massive great thing. And he went down the streets of London, you know, this is very much a political thing. And it was wonderful. And it was right outside, I think, um, the BP petrol um, oh, offices or yeah. something. And they did a whole thing there. And that, I mean, that looked amazing. Absolutely fantastic. And I think, again, it was a huge puppet worked by about four or five puppeteers and we in sort of inside or on outside doing, and it looked amazing. And um, again, publicity was the issue for that. And it worked beautifully. It was all on in the papers the next day. There was, you know, and I think there've been, you know, programs on the radio and the old telly program saying, oh, there was this issue. Now we must bring this up. So it's, yeah. puppets so do help in, in publicizing those issues. Yeah, raising awareness of the issues using puppets is a bit of a different angle and it helps people to take notice of, of the issue in a slightly different way. So, um, yeah, that's great. And uh, so, so what are you working on now? I understand you're, you're teaching puppetry, uh, you're doing performances um, and uh, you have a book out as well at the moment called Zippy and Me. That's right. Yeah. Um, the book came out last year. I'm going to show it onto the camera. There you are, Zippy and me. And there's a picture of Zippy and there's Zippy putting his mouth, sorry, his hand over my mouth because it's all about Zippy, you see. Zippy being the sort of naughty, loud mouth sort of character. Um, and um, basically I was asked um, literally about four years ago, it took years to get this thing, you know, books 
I always thought, oh, they be, I get that done in a year, it'd be published. Oh, no, no, no. Um, we found it was quite difficult finding a publisher for it. So we found a publisher called Unbound, and it's basically a, like a crowdfunding um, thing they have. So people donated or uh, their £10 for the copy of the book. And um, what happened was, once we got enough money to have the book published, the book was published. But in the meantime, I did a lot of um, social media um, sort of publicity about it. And I said, oh, I'm doing this book. Can you donate? Da, 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 da. And I made a little video with the various puppets I'd worked over the years. And this, the book is basically an autobiography, really. It starts with me at 15, going to this little angel theatre, um, from then on, I've you know worked as you did in my introduction, um, or you did for me um, on things like Rainbow, and then worked with Jim Henson on various films, Labyrinth and Muppet Treasure Island and Muppet Christmas Carol. And then recently, sadly, it's not in the book, but I worked on the there's a Netflix series called um, the Eight, uh, sorry Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which was a ten part series with all the amazing um, puppets that, I think the Dark Crystal film originally, when Jim, when Jim Henson was alive, was made, I think, in 1981 or around the 80s, early 80s. And um, it was, it, it's become a sort of cult movie, a bit like Labyrinth, um, <laughs> that's become a, I mean, when they first came out, I think the audience generally were a bit sort of bemused at these strange creatures moving around. I don't think they'd, they'd never seen puppets like it. And um, there was always a, a following of people went, oh, this is amazing. But the, the general audience, um, the films didn't make very much money, both of them. And so it was a bit sad to Jim. But when they brought them out on, can you believe it, all those years ago, on VHS, the old tapes, um, it's, people took them, watched them at home and became, they, they sort of started to get really popular. Um, and then moving ahead for a couple of years ago, the... Um, the, the Henson Company and Netflix did a deal to bring back um, the sort of prequel to the the, um, the original film. So all the characters were very similar, although they were a lot of them remade. But um, it was a fantastic experience. I mean, that is now technically, you know, the, the, from the days of the original Dark Crystal movie to now to the the sort of two thousand, you know, two thousands. It's it's. Pardon me. They, I mean, they could do all sorts of clever um, trickery, but mostly we went round. Uh, we did puppetry live. We didn't um, use too much what they call CGI, you know, computer-generated um, pictures. I mean, it's been quite successful the book so far too, which has been lovely. I did a lot of, uh, um, I did a couple of TV shows promoting it. I've done loads of radios, which is wonderful. And um, spoken to sort of, I love listening to the radio. I'm a bit of a radio fan, and it was wonderful talking to people. I thought, oh, I've heard that chap on the radio, you know. So I was being interviewed by them, which was really nice. Uh, Roddy, uh, I've got a um, question. I've, I've got a question. Uh, were you operating one of the goblins in Labyrinth? I was, thank you. And there you are. This is a picture of me with one of the goblins. Um, I was bearded in those days. I thought it was, you know, very good to wear a bit. Anyway, <laughs> and here's me sitting on Jareth's throne. That was the, the um, David Bowie's part. And of course, this was lunch hours. You know, we were allowed to take pictures. That was another goblin that I operated. We all operated lots of different ones. Um, but um, and we were allowed to take pictures in the lunch hour. Um, sadly, um, films after that, 
um, we were restricted not to, you know, we're told not to do that. Put your cameras away. So I don't have like pictures of Muppet Treasure Island or Muppet Christmas Carol, but I was able to have some of the um, um, pictures of Labyrinth there. So I found those because it was a game years ago when having to look up all my old scrapbooks and things. What an amazing experience to be part of that film. That's great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, I, it's the very first big multi-million dollar film that I'd ever worked on. I'd done little bits in some films, but we, we, I, it was part of the Little Angel Company. We'd come in and do a, a little sequence, but not anything as grand. It was usually a, a play where, you know, Little Puppet would walk, on, walk off and that would be it. Whereas um, this, it was basically a puppet movie, you know, so it was, and there was all the wonderful Muppet puppeteers, Jim Henson and Frank Oz, and I mean, they were directing it, um, as well as, um, I think Frank did a little bit of performing. And then there was all the Muppet team who'd done the Muppet show prior to the film. So, um, they're, they're, and they're all the original ones, they're all doing these wonderful puppets. And we, we, would, we were basically brought in as assistants. We would assist them if they needed a, a hand worked or something. Or, of course, in the, in the big goblin scenes, there was, there was like goblin fights and all sorts of sort of battles and things. And um, so we were all in the background. I mean, we were called background artists, really. But my goodness, what fun. Uh, it was just so exciting. I mean, the sets were gigantic. I, I think I, in the book, I think I've got a picture of, of, um, of one of the sets. It might not be terribly clear for you to yeah, see. They created kind of whole landscapes, didn't they? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it was wonderful. Um, uh, certainly the Goblin Village anyway. I don't think I've got that one. Anyway, um, you'll have to look at the film and look at the wonderful sets there. But you can yeah. see they were. There was a, a Goblin Village, which we in fact had the rap party when the, finish, the film was finished after we finished shooting. And, and there, was, there was like roads and these houses. I mean, it was just fantastic. And there was a, um, a horrible stinky pond or it was something called the something of stench. I can't remember what the, the, the it was vile. It was wonderful. And, and all sorts of holes in rocks and things where we poke the puppets through and look through. I mean, Brian Frow, the main designer, and he also designed Dark Crystal. He's English, actually, he has an American wife. And his son now is a wonderful um, puppet filmmaker. And um, so, you know, they've gone on to do wonderful things. But um, no, it was an, a group of, I must, I think about 30 puppeteers who were, or puppet wranglers, I think we're called, but they made the puppets. They made sure they were in fantastic order when we were going onto the set. Um, and they obviously, if anything got broken, they'd rush on and, you know, mend it and stuff like that. Um, when, again, starting at the Little Angel, there was sort of six of us working at the, and we did everything. We answered the phone, hello, Little Angel Theatre. And we teared the tickets when they came in. We, I swept the auditorium when I first started there. Uh, you know, I mean, it was, I made coffee. We sold coffee in the interval. I mean, we did ev absolutely everything. Suddenly, you know, you've got a whole group of people working in their, their specific jobs, you know, for instance, you know, the workshop people, the puppeteers, obviously. And, oh, it was, it was just a, wow, a dream. Great. So um, uh, let's move on to the three places that you've chosen to uh, to show uh, um, my alien friend here. Uh, thank, thank you, Russell. Uh, so, Wani, uh, um, which is the first of the three places that you would show me around the world? 
well, I thought you might be interested in seeing London because London is, well, I suppose I'm going to say the major city, you know, and it's got all the, the wonderful buildings. We've got some very famous buildings you might like to see, things like, you know, um, Tower Bridge and St Paul's Cathedral. I don't know whether this means anything to you oh, at all. Well, but... oh, oh, yes, yes, please, Ronnie. I, I haven't <laughs> been to London yet. Uh, I've, I've been uh, to oh. 10 other places and uh, Bournemouth oh. with Assel here, but not London. Wow. Ah, right. Okay. Well, London is quite busy. I might, you might have to be a bit careful with the traffic. Do you know what traffic is? It's the cars and the buses and all that. And people, actually, it's quite a busy place. But there's yeah. some wonderful old buildings. And, um, and I actually live in London, so I thought it might be a nice place to um, take you around because I probably know some of the interesting places you might be, in, you know, like to see. But uh, one of them, of course, interesting for me, and hopefully maybe for you, is the Little Angel Theatre in Islington, North London. It's where the, it's the theatre where I started making, well, not making puppets, but manipulating puppets and learning all about puppet theatre. So, and that's a very wonderful old building. It's a temperance hall, so it's very old. And it was totally transformed by John Wright, who was the founding director and his wife and a whole group of people and um, they transformed it into this lovely little theatre which is only seats, uh, well it's got, you can probably get a hundred people in but in fact with the new health and safety rules you can only get 85 in but anyway oh. it's beautiful so that's, that would be a nice place to show you but also we've got some lovely parks. Do you like green things like trees and grass and ponds and things yeah, like yeah, that? Yes, I do, Wonnie. Uh, you might have noticed that uh, I'm green as well. And um, uh, so I do like other green things, yes. Oh, good. Well, you see, if you go to, in London, we're very lucky. We have lots of wonderful parks. And where I live in, in again, very, well, I live in Highbury, which is very near Islington. Um, there's a wonderful park called Clissold Park. And it has a lovely old building. I think originally it was probably the building was built and it was, you know, a private person lived there and it was all rather grand. This would probably be in the sort of 18th century or something like that. Wonderful old building. And you've got wonderful sort of trees growing and you've got a pond and you've got, well, nowadays you've got a lovely playground for young kids, but it's beautiful, absolutely lovely. And, um, and I, do my Sunday walks when um, uh, and I always walk around in the park and it's lovely um, it's there's people are much well they just seem happier walking in the park rather than in the city where it's really busy and lots of traffic and you can yeah. hear the birds sing you can hear the kids play it's just really lovely and of course there's a nice cup of tea little cafe in the old building now so if you fancy a sort of a hot chocolate you probably don't know what a hot chocolate is but anyway it's rather nice or a cup uh, of tea or just a glass of water uh, let's try a hot <laughs> chocolate one here uh, Atoll hasn't given me one of those uh, so uh, I think I think if uh, we could go for a hot chocolate uh, that would be nice Lovely. Well, we can definitely do that. Now, there, um, I've, there are other places in London that you might like. Well, certainly, well, I'll tell you what a hot chocolate is. It's basically chocolate, which is, you know, made, oh, it's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, very sweet. Do you like sweet things? Anyway, and yes, made with yes. milk and it's warmed up. It's quite warm. It'd be nice, actually, because it's quite chilly out nowadays. So, you know, it's a delicious, delicious drink. So I think you'd like that. But... Um, there's other, other places in London. I, I, I was brought up in South London and there's some very lovely old buildings. There's a wonderful place there in um, where it's a lovely name. It's called the Elephant Castle. London's a busy place, but it's got lots of interesting places to see. So I, that's my first choice. Would you like to know yeah. the song that I chose? 
Uh, yes, please. Yeah, what, what song uh, can I listen to on my headphones when we're walking around okay. London? Right. Well, I chose this song. It's called London is the Place for Me. Now, it was actually composed by um, a West Indian guy who came over on, um, I've forgotten what the boat was called, the something rush, the wind rush uh, time. So in about nine, in the early 50s, late 40s. And he's, he was originally from West Indies sorry, the West Indies, uh, possibly Jamaica, I think. I should have got my history right there. And he, he composed this song, and it's a calypso. Do you know what a calypso is? It's a lovely song. London is the place for me. Anyway, it's a oh, that sounds very fabulous nice, tune. It's fun, actually. It really is a lovely listen. And it was actually originally recorded in 1948, believe it or not. So he, he must have come over quite early to do it. But um, it, I, I don't know. It, for me, when I was a child, you see, I lived in South London, a place called Stockwell, in a great big council flat. And my nearest shopping was Brixton. And there were a lot of West Indian families, and they could stay. But sorts of fabulous um, fruit and veg and all sorts of amazing stuff that I'd never seen before. I mean, all right, I might have seen bananas, apples and oranges, but you get things called yams and you can get all sorts of sweet potato and all sorts of amazing stuff. And um, it's still going strong now. It's a little bit different from my childhood. But so uh, that's, and I, I would hear people singing, you know, not necessarily that song, but calypsos and stuff, because there's a lovely West Indian community and a lovely mixture. And so it was really nice to, um, to, to see these people. And they were, it was great fun. And of course, when I was at school, we had a lovely mixture of community, which is really nice. So in the evening, uh, after, after we've yeah. had uh, a look around London, uh, then we want yeah. to uh, uh, sit down and watch a nice film. So uh, what, what shall we watch, Wani? Well, this is an old film, believe it or not, but I, it's one of my favourites. Um, it's called Oliver Twist, and the original story was written by Charles Dickens um, way back, sort of long, long time ago. But this film was made, uh, fun enough, in 1948, I discovered, I didn't realise the year, and by an English director called David Lean, and he's very famous. He did some amazing, wonderful films. Um, but this one is based on, on um, a Charles Dickens story, and it's about a young boy who um, was um, in a, what we call a workhouse, funny enough, and I've explained the workhouse that in the cinema museum, but, uh, and um, he, um, you know, he had a really difficult time. He had a wonderful adventures with a wonderful character called Fagin. And, um, oh, oh there's, there's, it's a long story, I, but I think you'd enjoy watching some of the old buildings because they filmed it, um, not so much on location, but in, in the wonderful studios and they built like old London, how it would be in, in Dickens' time. And it was, it's, uh, there's some wonderful character actors in it too. And I love, I, I would sit there and I'd be taken away because it, it's part of history. And again, it sort of reminds me of old London. And you can see some of the buildings are in that film. You could go and see, still see today, although they were made for the film in London. So things like, you know, St. Paul's Cathedral. I don't know whether I mentioned that. It's a wow. Wonderful big building, not far from Fleet Street, which is where used to be all the newspapers used to be printed. Not nowadays, but there's some wonderful old buildings. See, I'm a great. I've got a great fondness of the old buildings. I must admit, there's there's some wonderful charm and history in those. Um, so yes, that's um, that would be nice. So I'd sit home, you know, sit at home, and you could sit and watch that film made in black and white. I don't think you'd mind not seeing it in colour. A lot of films nowadays are made in colour, but uh, I think you'd um, you'd enjoy the story. I certainly did, anyway. 
Hey, hey, it sounds very nice, Ronnie. That's great, Ronnie. So uh, th thanks very much. So you've had a look around uh, London with, with the alien here. You've uh, played it, yeah. uh, the, the, the Calypso song, and you've shown it uh, the all of the all of the twist film. Um, so what about the, the second place that you'd uh, take the alien here? Right. Well, now we're now going into the country because a few years ago, um, around about, I can't remember the years, I'm going to forget that. But we moved, our, us, my family, my wife and my, my two children, we moved to stay in a place in North Yorkshire, which is up north. Um, it's sort of um, about halfway, if you see a map of England, Alien, it's sort of about halfway up, not quite as far as Scotland. Scotland's right at the top part of the north. It's about middle, middle way. Anyway, North Yorkshire, there is a wonderful place called Grassington. It's actually, when you go to Yorkshire, they, they, they say Grassington. But oh, is that's there a lot it. of grass yes, now? Yes, you see, this is what says. This is why I think you'd like it. Um, where I lived, we lived very near a bridge going over a wonderful river called the River Wharf. And it was an old house where I think um, the train executives, when the, the railway was built, um, they, they, they was train, you know, trains started to sort of go all over the country. And um, one of the places it stopped, they had a, a station which was in, in Grassington. And the, the white collar workers, they're the sort of posh business people of the railway stayed in these houses and it was a little muse of houses and it was absolutely lovely and it's just above the river and the bridge was on one side and um it was a stunning view and we at the bottom i used to think uh, we had quite a small garden but it went down a sort of hill and there was just green lovely green um field where you sometimes have young cattle in there sheep and and you could walk for miles one way and walk for miles the other way along the river and um, absolutely stunning. And the village itself, I mentioned Dickens, is what I'd call a very Dickensian looking um, village. It had lots of buildings that were made in, that, in the same era as Dickens. And um, I think they in fact used it for filming because it's, so, it's got such a lovely quaint look about it. And um, we stayed there for quite a few years. The reason why we went there was that my wife, um, her parents lived in Ilk, it um, for a few years they, they're they're Yorkshire people and um, so um, we, we went there we used to go there for holidays for a bit and then we decided we'd buy a house there. I have a question which is uh, we've been to London and now we're in uh, Grassington is the air quality a bit cleaner yeah. in Grassington because I, I hear it's a bit polluted in London. Yeah absolutely right and this is the reason why we moved as well um, the children um, were going to, were having a bit of tough. Well, I didn't want them to go to the senior schools in London. I'm afraid it's a terrible thing to say, but there was more an environmental feeling about the sh the schools in certainly in Grassington, and we discovered the schools there because we'd visited as puppeteers and seen them, so we'd had a sort of look, and um, they were smaller. There's vast schools in London, and there's lots of kids, and it's it's sometimes quite tricky to get a sort of you, my son found it difficult anyway to concentrate, a bit like me. But um, so he, um, he, it was very uh, a good, a valuable experience for him to be in a small class and he could concentrate on the different things. But you're quite right, the air, there's not so much traffic. Um, the air quality is absolutely beautiful. 
and you can particularly where we were because we could walk along the river's edge and I mean I saw things like a kingfisher swimming by. I, you know, you saw all sorts of wonderful birds, wow. rabbits. You probably don't know what rabbits are. They're lovely. They're a lot of them in fields, and you have to be careful when you're wandering around because they they build sort of um, holes in the ground, and if you're not looking at the feet, you can trip over because you get trapped in a a rabbit's um, you know hole there. But uh, no, it's it's wonderful, and there's one place which I particularly would take you, which is. There's a place called Grass Woods, which is absolutely lovely. It's a little bit further from our, you know, it didn't really matter how, you know, when you're in the country and you've got trees and you've just got birds and sometimes hardly any people about at all, you can wander for miles and you don't realise you've done it. And you, anyway, I'd walk on to um, Grass Woods and there, there's this wonderful old rock, which I, I decided um, is just, just a little way into the, ri into the river, wharf, the river wharf just wafted along. And I'd sit on that, that rock it was big enough to sit on I could climb without getting my feet wet and that I always called that my rock and I would take you there to sit on that rock because it's absolutely lovely it's hardly anybody's around occasionally you get the odd walker because Yorkshire's famous for walkers they all you know dress up with you know, the sort of great boots and they sort of do all sorts of wonderful things but they're wonderful they usually leave you alone you know they go on they've got somewhere to go they've got mad. that that for me is absolutely lovely and now you can again you can see sometimes you see boats going along you know sort of uh, particularly in the good weather in the summer kids of course will swim in the river you have to be a bit careful because it's the currents are quite um, strong I mean my kids did down I like swimming yeah, that'd be nice. do you like swimming Oh, oh yes. brilliant. Oh, well, you'd like that. You'd love that. Um, yeah, I, I so, don't, yeah, I don't well, need a snorkel or, or scuba diving equipment. Uh, my, my skin breathes uh, for me, so uh, I... Oh, that's brilliant. Atoll, oh, you are Atoll, here, Atoll here needs a snorkel. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Well, I would do as well, I'm afraid, if I was going under the water. But I tend to sort of just swim above the water, you know, and just have a nice... But, you know, I think you'd love that. Um, there's another place though, it's not too far away from where I lived, we lived in Grassington, which is a small town. Now you might think, oh no, a town, it would be full of smoke and chimneys and stuff. Well, funny enough, it was originally, when it was built, it was, um, there was, it wasn't coal mines, they, they had, uh, now what they had, these wonderful big, oh, I forgot what they made there, isn't that dreadful, I should have done my research, but anyway, because, um, they used to have that, but that's all stopped now. And it's, it's a lovely, lovely town, small town with a market every single day, apart from, I think, Sundays or Mondays or something. It's, I can't remember what day it was now. But, uh, and lovely, people would come from Leeds and they would sell all their stuff. So you've got wonderful accents. You'd like the different accents because they talk like that in Yorkshire. So it's a little oh. bit different, you know. But, um, and um, there's some wonderful buildings to see as well. You've also got the river running through, but... For my, for me, um, we had we used to run uh, in Grassington first of all um, a puppet summer school. Um, this is my wife and I, and we we got um, people would come in to and stay in the look because there's guest houses there, so people could stay, and we'd do it for two weeks, and we'd make a puppet shows with the with the students. We'd use the the village school because it was during the summer; it was closed, and we, we were able to rent the space, and we had the whole called big hall and everything it was wonderful and we had a one the first year we had a lovely exhibition of old puppets which we hired from the puppet center in london and so and i remember 
hiring a van and driving a Luton van with all these puppets in the back and setting them all up in this gorgeous um, place. Anyway, um, that is absolutely wonderful. So that's why um, we, we, did, we, we sort of moved there too, is to sort of think about what we could do. This is how we started our teaching, actually, um, teaching students young. And, and two of the students met there and in the end they got married and they live in Skipton. And a few years ago, probably about 12 years ago, they set up the Skipton Puppet Festival. And I mean, how marvelous is that? And, and, and the whole town, we were, we were living there when they set it all up. We were all part of the committee, you know, in promoting it and everything. And originally the, the local council were a little bit skeptical. You know, we don't, don't want, you know, the, what's all this puppet stuff? And is it gonna stop all our, because they had a lot of um, shops in the town which sold sort of, you know, well, I wouldn't say touristy things, but you know, mugs and bits of local purchase, you know, um, merchandise sort of, um, they, they were people that used to knit and do all sorts of lovely, lovely home um, handmade stuff. But anyway, uh, to make a long story short, the first year they wouldn't let us put a banner across the street saying, you know, welcome to the puppet, puppet tour. But as the years progressed, they realized that it brought a whole lot of people into the town and in the summer. And so all the bed and breakfasts in um, Skipton was, you know, full and it brought sort of, uh, you know, a, a great deal of, well, a, bit, a little bit of wealth into the town. So they were very happy. And now it's every two years, and it's fantastic, and we have wonderful, uh, and most of the shows are outside. Uh, so my question is, uh, at the uh, puppet festival, are there mm. any alien puppets there? One day, you could, if you've got yourself a proper show, I and mean, you probably do have a proper show, but you might like to perform at Skipton Puppet Festival. You know? uh, yeah, we, we can How go to a, a, a puppet festival at Skipton, can't we, Atul? Uh, yes, alien, that's fine. Yes, we can go there. Uh, but I, I should point out, <laughs> I, I'm obviously... Uh, Excellent. I'm obviously not a puppet, though, uh, but we can still go there. Oh, right. As you know, you're quite right. I keep forgetting. It's very difficult. Because you're so different from us humans, I assume that because you're different, you must be a puppet, but you're oh, no, not, I'm, are I'm you? I'm very you real, are thank you. A Wendy. genuine I'm, I'm, I'm not, alien. I'm a real alien. Lovely. Uh, uh, let's listen to a song uh, in Grassington, when we're in Grassington. Which song shall we Oh. Well, thank you for reminding me. I totally forgot about the song. Now, this song, I didn't know until, a, well, about a year ago. And, and it's called um, Yorkshire, um, oh gosh, my writing, excuse me, I should remember the title, Yorkshire Born and Bred, which means it was sung by a guy called Steve Saville. And he, he, he um, wrote it and did the music. He's a sort of folk singer. So he, he likes to sing all over Yorkshire. And it's, it was, he wrote it in 1985. And basically, it's the wonderful Yorkshire dialect, talking about all the different places all over Yorkshire. I think you'd find it quite interesting. You might even think, oh, I'd like to visit that town, or I'd like to visit that place. It's not just about um, Skipton or Grusland. It's about the wonderful um, villages and, and towns in Yorkshire. Yorkshire's a huge county, you see. So anyway, that was the song I chose, and I heard it just the other day, again, for, after a while. And I think it's got a nice tune, and I think you'd enjoy it. So. Yorkshire Born and Bred by Steve Saville. Yeah. Oh, I look forward film. to that. And uh, shall we watch a, a film or TV while we're in Grassington? Well, you can do, because. Um, but what I thought was might be quite interesting. I was quite pleased. I was looking up, I thought, now what films have they made in Grassington? Well, sadly, um, not many film films, but 
they did do in 2019, which wasn't long ago, that was like, you know, a couple of years ago, or a year ago, um, the, um, the filming, they did the outs, the sort of what we'd call the, the location work um, for a pup, puppet, excuse me, for a series, a television series for the BBC called All Creatures Great and Small. And it was about um, a vet and his assistant and the stories around going around to local farms and houses where if any animals are not very well you know he, he was a like a, he's a pet doctor basically uh, and um, and he traveled all over the all over Yorkshire and they filmed a lovely piece in Grassington I'm going to say Grassington because that's where they pronounce it uh, in the square and that's the bit I saw and I thought that would be nice because it actually is in the place that I lived which is really nice and it does show you some of the nice houses um, and it didn't, they didn't have to do very much to change it because it, it really does look, you know, authentic sort of. I think they would film it. I think it was sort of 1920s or something, the, the period that they were wanting. But um, that was fine. And of course, the actors were dressed in very nice, authentic clothes and stuff like that. But it was a little market scene that I saw. And I thought, yeah, that should be nice. But so I think you'd enjoy watching that. It shows you a little bit around the countryside as well. You might think, wow, I'd like to walk around there because there's lots of walking. Yorkshire's a great, great place to walk and see and sniff the gorgeous air. Great. Well, uh, thanks, Wally. That's a really interesting second place. So what about the third place that you'd show the alien here? Right. Okay, Alien. Well, now we're going to go a little bit to the east side of England and it's called a, a wonderful city and it's called Norwich. And basically it's it known as the city of churches. There's loads of churches all over Norwich and um, they've got a lovely accent as well. <laughs> I, I don't know why I do like people with accents. It's really nice. Anyway, um, now Norwich, why I chose Norwich was, believe it or not, it's one of the only other places in England that is, there is a puppet theatre. It originally was an old church that had been not been used as a church for a few years. And it was converted into a puppet theatre about 35 years ago, something like that. And, um, and I've performed there many times and I love it, absolutely love it. Um, they've got um, a slightly bigger auditorium than the Little Angel Theatre. I think they, they have, a, I think it's about 200 or something in their auditorium. It's a very, what we call a raked auditorium. The auditorium is where everyone sits to watch the show. And the stage is very open. You can have all sorts of different puppets there. You know, they can come along and set up a, a marionette stage and they've got a bridge which is actually movable. It moves, you know, it's been permanently built, but it's, um, our bridge at Little Angel Theatre was constructed just over the stage where this one can go down for shorter strings or up for longer strings or whatever. I mean, it's quite, quite interesting. And if it still has the sort of, the because the, it's a church building, you've got the feeling of the arches of the church and the roof and everything. And the foyer is vast. It's wonderful. And they have a collection of lovely old puppets too, which is very nice. So, and they're very friendly. It's run by probably only about five people. Um, but um, they're, they, as I say, they've been there a long time and it's really wonderful. And I think you'd enjoy walking around seeing the puppet theatre there, but also looking around Norwich itself. It's got, again, the air isn't quite so, um, I'm going to say polluted as it is in London. And okay. I think you'd enjoy the, um, the company of the people. And this lovely market, wonderful, big, big market square. 
and they have lovely market there. They've got um, another theatre called the Theatre Royal in Norwich, which they have wonderful theatre shows going on there, pantomimes at Christmas, and, and, and they have shows that come in from the town. So I used to do, a, I did a, for one year, I did um, um, a show called Doctor Doolittle, and it was a musical, and it, there was a television star called Philip Schofield, and he was playing Doctor Doolittle, and the puppets were made by, believe it or not, the Jim Henson Company. This was a few years ago, I think um, 1999 to, to 2000, something like that. We did 18 months touring around the country. One of the theatres was a theatre Royal Norwich, and we played there, so it, it was great fun to play. But I took some of the puppeteers, because there's lots, the animals in the story were puppets, and the Jim Henson Company made them. Anyway, um, we had some time off in between shows, and I said, look, we're in Norwich, you've got to see the puppet theatre. So I took about five of the puppeteers over to show them the Norwich Puppet Theatre, which was really nice. But um, also, um, there is a very funny song I'd quite like you to listen to. Now, you might find this a little bit unenvironmental. So, um, but I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it, I, I won't be able to do it in the accent because it was wonderful. It was sung by a chap who was a postman. He was called the Singing Postman. And he, he, I think he um, recorded it in 1967. So it's quite a long time ago. And it's called, Have You Got a Light Boy? And it's basically, um, I'm sadly to say, and I don't smoke at all, and I have never smoked, but it's about somebody asking, in fact, I think he was asking, um, he saw these pretty young ladies going by or something and he had a cigarette so and he thought this was a very good what we call in the business chat up line so he'd go up to one of the nice girl or something and say have you got a light boy and you have a cigarette here oh, and, and he'd say boy for you know I don't know why but anyway and they and they'd either say oh, no no go away or something or you know he'd get a light and he'd start and that would start the conversation going but it was it's a funny old song and I heard it years before um and I just thought the accent was so funny. Um, and um, I just, it always reminds me of Norfolk somehow, this, this, that funny little song. So that was, that was really nice. But as I say, oh, it's oh, a lovely Ronnie, place again. I have again. a question. Uh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. so do, all, do all humans uh, use fire to start conversations? No, you're absolutely a very good question. They don't, luckily. Um, oh, we, <laughs> they, it's, I'm afraid it was, Oh, it's, it's a, a terrible habit. Um, people quite enjoyed putting this, what we call tobacco into their mouths and rolled it up in a bit of paper and put it in their mouths. And it was very popular, um, well, way back in history, but um, certainly, certainly in the sort of 30s, 40s and 50s, if you looked at old movies, you know, every film star smoked a cigarette and stuff like that. And the general public thought, oh, this is the thing to do. And even I, I as a kid, um, when I first visited The Little Angel, the, the founder director had a cigarette and he used to like to have a cigarette in his hand, not smoke it, but the smoke would drift up for a photograph because it was quite artistic. There was a sort of time when people did that and lots of people in the arts smoked. And a lot of them still do smoke, sadly, but um, I never did. I think one of the first jobs I had, which is a picture in the book of me blowing smoke down a tube for the story of the Little Mermaid. Um, if I can quickly show it to you, there it is. Now, there is that. Now, the, I've got a rubber tube in my mouth, if you can see. There's a turtle. Oh, yeah. And that rubber tube, can you see that, Alien? Yes, yes you can. Yeah, I can. Yeah, interesting. Well, that, that rubber tube was attached to a, a witch's cauldron. And um, I was in the wings, and I'd have to light this cigarette. It was quite revolting. 
take a whiff of smoke and blow down the rubber tube and it went down the rubber tube up through the cauldron and it, it, it if you did it carefully it sort of trickled out like it was bubbling and we had a red light underneath and all the lights were a bit lower and the witch was looking over like this over the witch's um cauldron and it looked it was a wonderful effect i remember seeing that first of all before i was even part of the theater i visited the theater you know just as a, a member of the audience and thought wow how's that happening because it was so brilliant anyway um, so yes that and that put me off smoking i think for life <laughs> but um now you were asking me something else oh yes uh, humans do smoke but i i think you know a lot of them now feel that it's not actually a good thing because it actually causes all sorts of um, illness in yeah. humans, smoking. So it's not actually very good for one, really. So luckily, I've never done that. So I wouldn't advise aliens to smoke either. It's good to hear that less humans uh, smoke now. Um, yes, yeah, so yes absolutely. It is good news, isn't it? Because, and I, I love it too, because I quite honestly, um, it's, again, it's all about pollution, isn't it, really? It, it, you smell it in the air. If I walk past somebody you knows smoking, it's usually not very many. Um, I, oh, dear, again, it's horrible. Even with the masks we have to wear, I can sometimes smell it. So, no, it's um, not, not a good idea to do that. And I certainly um, warn you, alien, don't ever put a cigarette in your mouth. It's not, not, not necessary. Don't need it, you know. Um, I've, I think I've talked about the song. Shall I tell you a little bit about the film that was um, that I've got for you to see there? Yes, please. You might please. like this. It's um, okay. Well, it was a film called The Go Between, and it was written by L. P. Hartley, and it was about an affair that this couple had, and they had to use a little boy to run from the girl to the lad to say when they were going to meet. And it was and this, those sort of kids, well, probably it wasn't always children, but anyway, in this story was a child, a boy, and he'd run from one part of the house to the other. And it was a, a distance, so he had to you know, go through fields and stuff. Bill, quite a lot of it. Now, I hadn't watched it for a long time, but it was filmed in the Norwich area. So some of the countryside and some of the, um, and they were, it was sort of, Again, it was, an, uh, you know, filmed um, in 1971, but um, the story was based sort of, I think, uh, don't, I think it was possibly Victorian times. I, you know, I can't even remember the, the period it was based on. I should know that, but I don't. But anyway, it does show some beautiful scenery and um, some very nice, um, and, and a lovely old house and stuff, which was obviously um, they used on location in, in Norwich to film it so that would be the film so yes you've got um that i think you'd find that interesting it's quite an interesting story you you think what do these humans get up to i think you know you, i think you'd find it interesting because yeah. i have no idea what you aliens get up to well it, it sounds very complicated all these notes passing between <laughs> each other <laughs> it was it was uh, but Actually, when you see it visually, it's a little bit, I think you'd understand it probably. You know, you know about writing notes, do you? Do you write things or do you, or do you just think about it in your head? You probably uh, uh, do. We, we use uh, telepathy normally oh, to of communicate. Of course you do, of course you do. You probably read my mind at the moment. Don't read it, because I'm... But well, anyway, I, I, can can read it. Uh, I, I can read it, Wani, oh, but you? Uh, the, the listeners oh. to the podcast uh, won't really benefit from me mind reading you, so uh, I'll oh, let you talk true. instead. Oh, thank you.
I, I'm told now that having a garden that you, I mean, I don't actually plant that many plants and stuff. It sort of grows naturally. And so um, I think environmentally, that's a really good, good thing because all sorts of creatures and all sort of insects and stuff that I wouldn't even know about all around and, you know, happily sort of um, living their lives, which is quite uh, nice. Well, it so, does, um, yeah, that's very good. It, it, it's called rewilding. You seem to be rewilding ah. part of your garden, which oh, is right. uh, the type of thing we do on my planet, isn't it? Well, yes, you, you told me about that earlier. Uh, yes, so that's a ah. very good alien action because we do do rewilding on our planet as well. Oh, brilliant. Oh, well, thank you. I didn't know that. So that's brilliant. I, it was just something I've done for years. I'm probably a lazy gardener, you see, which in fact is not bad being a lazy gardener if you can allow our stuff just to grow. And as you say, rewilding. Brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, great. Well, uh, Ronnie, that's an excellent alien action there, rewilding parts of your garden and letting it grow and keeping the biodiversity there and looking, off, looking after the birds. So uh, that's great. Where can listeners find out more about you, your website? Uh, where can they find you on social media? How can they buy your book? You can find me on Facebook. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's all just Ronnie LeDrew. I also have a web page, which is www.ronnieledrew.com. Your, uh, your Twitter handle, Punch And, does that mean that you've performed okay. Punch and Judy as well? I haven't, no. I mean, I do know a lot of Punch and Judy people and another place in London which Alien might quite like it's during this in the, it's the second Sunday in May in normal times um, there's a Punch and Judy May Fair um, and it's out in the gardens of St Paul's Church in Covent Garden and there you will see practically all the Punch and Judy men there are in this country I mean about 40 and I'm not joking all with their booths all set up and they perform one after another um, punch drunk is what I get sometimes. Also, there's other puppeteers. I go along with puppets and I show them. Um, I've got an old puppet, which I haven't shown you yet, but um, I'll show him because he's quite fun. This is the dodo. Oh, hello, I'm the dodo bird. I'm very, very old, you see. Oh, hello, alien. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness, you're a lovely colour green. Very, oh, lovely, you're waving. That's lovely. Thank you. Well, you see, anyway, dodo was one of the first puppets I used in a, my glove puppet show when I did a, a one-man glove puppet show for a long time. So that's him. And I usually take him along because he's quite easy to, to walk about. Oh, he's off. Anyway, so um, but, uh, so there's, I've got one more. One I'm doing the puppets. I, I, I have got a few that I thought I'd show you. Um, this one is because of the sort of Muppet connection. I had a puppet very similar to him. Hi there, I'm a beaver. I'm very environmental. <laughs> uh, anyway, oh, hi there, alien. Hello, Braver. You're waving as well. Well, and, and the thing is, I had a puppet like this made. I don't make puppets, but my friends do. And, and so they make really lovely ones. And this is really sweet little beaver. And uh, I used him as an audition for Labyrinth, and I managed to get onto the film. So I was quite pleased that um, yeah. he's a, like a, his a eyes, puppet though. like him. Oh, yeah, they're lovely, aren't they? I've got very, oh, got in the camera, very bright eyes, yes. There he is, and he, he's a bit of a show-off, really. And Sandy, you've got an alien as well. I have, indeed. Would you like to, oh, alien, meet alien. Hold on, yes. he's coming in, he's, um, oh, good. He might be a bit nervous. There's my alien. 
Oh, hello, I'm an alien. Uh, uh, what alien country are you from? Uh, I, I'm from uh, quadrant 1,849,000. Uh, which, which quadrant of the multiverse are you from? Oh, I'm from Monopoly Gymnopody um, number two. Oh, oh, I haven't been there. Is it, is it nice? Uh, yes, it's not bad. I have a bit of problem with my eyes. They're all over the place. We, we're not as sort of handsome as you, no. But we're learning. We, we might visit you and learn from all your marvellous things you do. Yes. Oh, you're anyway, very that's welcome. Me. Thank you. He's quite a nice alien, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's very good. Oh, thank you. I'm quite nice too, actually. <laughs> There. Yes, it's very nice to, to meet you. Uh, which um, which uh, propulsion method did you use to get here? Did you get here in a, a spaceship or uh, did you walk? How did you get here? Well, I wished, you see, we're, we're a sort of magic planet where we come from. And I went abracadabra, one, two, three. And I tried to close my eyes, but that was impossible. So I went like that and I pressed the back of my head and woof! I suddenly appeared on this planet. It was quite exciting, actually. Hmm. Oh, Alien, you've got something to learn from How this did alien, you get haven't here? you? Uh, well, I, I've got a lot to learn from you, um, other Alien, uh, because uh, I haven't tried wishing my way to another planet yet. Um, I got here uh, using dark energy and dark matter and um, uh, using the gravitational field of uh, uh, black holes. Oh, yes, yes, I've, I've heard of black. Holes, yes, they can be dirty. I prefer to clean them, really. You know, do you know what I mean? I hope they're clean. I'd like to use, you know, cleaning materials to clean black holes because I could fall down one, couldn't I, if I didn't look properly? Because, see, my eyes are a bit wobbly, and you know, it's not as good as it used to be. When I was young, I could see a little bit easier, but as I've got older, my eyesight's not so good. No. It's very nice to meet you, other alien. Um, and um, I, I hope you can teach me about how to wish myself around. Oh, I will, certainly. We can do that off camera, can't we? Because it might take a bit of rehearsal to do that, you see. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I'm yes, sure you do. Yes, of course. Well, uh, nice to meet you, other alien. Thank you, other alien too. <laughs> I'll go off and um, have a rest now. Well, there we are. Well, that's, that's great. Well, um, uh, that was a, a, a fascinating uh, encounter from uh, one alien to another. So uh, thanks very much, Ronnie. Um, so it just remains for me to thank you, uh, Ronnie LeDrew, for sharing with us your three alien places. And uh, yes, uh, thank you very much, Ronnie LeDrew. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye, Alien, and thank you. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. So, what did you think of that interview, Alien? Do you like the sound of those places and those songs and films? Oh, yes, Atoll. That sounds like a great holiday going to those three places. Uh, when do we leave? Have I got time to pack my brand new backpack? It's covered in solar panels, you know, Atoll, uh, for, for charging up our devices. Oh, no, no, Alien, we're not actually going to those places. What, 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 uh, be be begging your pardon, asshole? Well, it was just a hypothetical chat, you see, Alien. Uh, sorry, I thought you knew. Hmm. 
Oh, well, it's my fault, really. I should have just read your mind again. Then I would have known. Anyway, what was your favourite part of the chat with Rolly LeDrew? Well, it was great fun talking with Zeppi. And of course, other alien. And I liked the idea of all that clean air in Grassington. No, no, alien. I think Ronnie said we have to pronounce it with a with, with a northern accent. You know, so Grassington, Grassington. You, you, you try it, alien. Uh, Grassington. Very good, alien. And finally, what did you think of Ronnie's alien action? Uh, well, I know Ronnie sort of does his garden rewilding accidentally. Uh, you, you know, from being a bit lazy. Uh, but on my planet, we do rewilding of our gardens as well, and uh, it does increase the biodiversity at all. So, uh, yes, it's a very good alien action. Well, on that note, would you like to say goodbye to our listeners for this episode? Oh, oh yes, please, Atoll. Uh, so, from me and Atoll to our listeners, we're signing off by saying, uh, think like an alien, please. And to Atoll, I just want to reiterate... That I'm not a puppet. I know, alien. I know. Bye!